This episode is sponsored by EOP Media. EOP Media exists to advance the marketing discipline and move it out of the cycle of reactive and redundant change. That is why we say EOP Media is a new type of marketing agency for the next age of marketing. We will achieve our mission through the process of driving and supporting four big areas, transforming the marketing profession, evolving marketing for the new economy, revolutionizing the startup ecosystem, and enabling individual agency of identity and data. If your organization is wrestling with the same ideas, or if you're interested in learning more about our ideas for the new economy, please get in touch with us at eopmedia.com. Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarland, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. So, hey, Gina. Hey, Angelia. I'm really excited because this is the first of the marketing podcasts. I know. Um, I'm a little scared. Why? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was going to say, don't be afraid. This one's going to be exciting. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited about this one. If you're listening, you saw the title, uh, The Road to Wussville or Marketing's Not-So-Grand Adventure. And if you know me, you know that I am nothing if I'm not um, brutally honest with my feelings. (laughs) That's why we're friends. (laughs) So um, I have watched as marketing has lost its seat at the table at so many corporations And the discipline of marketing has been diffused so much across so many other roles to the point where it has become innocuous at best and harmful. And harmful. In some harmful to business and in some instances harmful to We talked a little bit in the AI conversation about ESG and we talked about the environmental perspective of it. When you don't have marketing at the table, the marketing discipline is not fully driving all aspects of marketing. You have things where products do harm and either the company doesn't know that the harm is there because the marketing discipline wasn't included. They weren't able to do their full job or they know that it's there and they willfully go out and do it because I I believe marketing is this check and balance as a, you know, we see a lot of these executives, not a lot, but there are a small percentage of executives who do things that they shouldn't do. And in my opinion, it's because the true marketing function has been silenced. So I, I, I rephrase that because I think the marketing department has been remade into what executives 
want it to be, and they want it to be a pretty bow on top of whatever they choose to do. Okay, so hang on. Let's back up. Have you always been in marketing your whole career? So to answer that question, as you guys get to know me, you'll know that I, I like I like never say yes or no. No, you don't. <laughs> but that's all good. Tell I the story. I always so have a story. A story. Um, and, and, so so to a to a side, as we're we're aunties, and my aunt my my real aunt is going to kill me. Um, she and I just took a road trip, oh. and as we're driving, I'm like, in everything you ask her, like auntie. Would you like a hot dog? Did you know back in 1924? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, my aunt's a storyteller, right? Like, you can't ask her. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> like, you can't ask me a question without me telling you a story. Well, it's true. So. And that's the reason I asked you the, the question, have you always been a marketer? Because cause I haven't. I came through tech into marketing, Right. Um, with the crazy idea that I'd be able to bring truth to our marketing and ran into a lot of the problems I think you're talking about now. But was there a time, I guess is what I want to know, in your career where organization, you know, marketing in an organization was the way it was supposed to be? Or is this all just stuff you've come to learn how marketing could do so much better if it was only a certain way? Before I went off on my story tangent, what I was going to do is explain to you In business school, when you specialize in marketing, you are told, and everyone says this all the time, what are the four P's of marketing? Now there's like seven. Product, price, place, promotion. And when you leave schooling and you get put into these corporate environments in most companies, I have been in one company that I worked for that saw marketing in that way. And while those functions were diffused across different people, those people were tasked with working as as one function. I don't know if they do that any longer, but it's the only company I ever worked for who did that. All the other companies saw marketing as an advertising or demand gen function. Mm-hmm. And And if you're a marketer, you know what I mean. If you're not a marketer, you probably say... Put some f- marketing fluff, pretty words. Give me a give me a brochure. Those things of the f- of the four original P's of marketing. That's promotional, and, it, and promotion is not done well without an understanding of the other three. And they all start with product. Yeah. And so I've always been a product marketer. Most companies see product marketing as not even as demand generation anymore. We used to have both, but it's gotten to the point where it's a little bit difficult to do both. But they see a, a spec sheet. Launch, um, launch activities. Yes, launch activities, which is a minor in support part of the su- role. Sales support, too. And sales support. Launch and sales support. Absolutely correct. And so we've been kicked out of the product room. And what happens when we get kicked out of the product room Sometimes things come out that aren't products. I've Mm -hmm. dealt with that before. I have. You have ideas that come out of the room and you're trying to put a program or a plan around them and you're fighting with some engineer and you're like, what the... Why are we am doing I this? selling? Yeah, <laughs> what, what am I even selling, right? What, Who cares? What, what am I talking about? Yeah. I don't... I don't. How does this benefit anyone? Yeah. A lot of times the answer... there it does, it does have a benefit, but the person who created it can't explain it. And I, I believe the biggest problem is, is that they believe 
that it's your job to as a it. marketer to fix their mess versus your job being to partner with them in the development to create something that's going to work. Yeah, I think you know, going back to the technical the one reason I'm so passionate about explaining the basics is, you know, my educational background, number one. But number two, I, I found in technology companies especially, there will be a couple of people that just make it, they're the only ones that can hold that information and know it. And they don't want to share the information. They just want to make, they, they feel like they've got this great idea and if they they drive the idea and everybody just supports them and does what they say, that customers are going to buy it versus helping people understand this is where we want to go. This is what we want to happen and letting the marketers ask the questions they need to ask to get the product sold. Who cares about this? <laughs> you know, all the questions that we ask. Do you think that. They really believe that, or do you think they've been emboldened by a system that is designed and puts them in that position? I do think it's the system that puts them in that position. So if you think about it a different way, you've got a sales leader with a number, and if only he could put this package together, you know, he's got to figure out how to put how to motivate the sales team, which by the way, if if there the problem exists in the marketing side, it also exists in the training side. Is this in the marketing side? It exists, it exists everywhere. everywhere. I agree. So you've got a sales team that might not be trained enough or might be junior salespeople that just literally need a little bit of help to get the conversation started. And maybe the way the system is set up is, and I, th- I think you will agree with me, is that you've got the sales leader that has a couple of really strong SEs. If he can just get in the door at a customer, this is with a technology sale, the SEs can run with it and take over. Um, so the SEs are building this content that's specific to a customer and maybe they'll tweak it another and then they get really busy and they get really mad at marketing for not doing this for them. When in fact, nobody, you really haven't trained these salespeople to do anything but be little parrots. You ha- don't have any air cover because you haven't told the marketing team what you need, who it needs to go to. But this is the way it's always done. And there's these walled gardens between the sales leaders and the marketers. I'll be honest, the reason I liked being a product marketer better than a product manager, I don't want to deal with developers. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the engineering team. I would much rather have a conversation with the sales team and draw out, what do you want? I'll get it for you. Tell me what you want. But that ends up being in the bigger organizations with the problems you have. It's the only way they know how to get things done with this sledgehammer. Let me do it myself because no one's going to help me because there's never been a bridge built between sales and marketing. To have it done. I feel, I always felt it coming from sales. If that pressure is coming down from sales, imagine what it would be like if you partnered, were able to really truly partner with sales, and then they used the pressure on the product management team and that side, and they could figure out how to make the product the right product for customers. And see, I, I, so I agree with you, but I feel, I feel that all of that, it's a culture thing. All of that is a marketing discipline. Yes. And the only people in that equation who are traditionally marketers are the product marketers. And so yes, and this right. this comes to the rise of tech, which is why the the this this tech and marketing which which is why this makes sense. 
because of the digitization and the technical enablement of almost everything, Mm -hmm. there are very few products today that don't have some sort of technical angle. Thanks to Procter & Gamble, who in the 1950s, 1960s, whatever, created this position called brand manager. The brand manager was the person who was responsible for the business. The brand manager, from from a a CPG perspective, um, is... What's CPG? Consumer Packaged Goods. Thank you. Is is today's product manager in your technical scientific arena. So any product that has some sort of technical scientific component, that brand manager has now become the product manager. Okay. Product managers are told when they come in, this is your product, you own this product, you're responsible for it, it's your own little business. Mm -hmm. The large majority of them, because they work with developers, because math and science and technology was traditionally a male discipline. Um, The large majority of them are engineers and they're men. Okay. The large majority of product marketing people, that was considered a fluffy. Emotional. Emotional. Which it is. (laughs) um, Are ended up being either liberal arts or business or advertising majors, writers, predominantly women. So there's typically a a uh, tension from a gender perspective. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I was on both sides. Remember, yeah. like I'm the technical product marketer. So I got it from the women. I got yeah. it from the men. <laughs> there's gender tension. <laughs> there's there is tension on the system. The system is told the product manager that you're in charge. And typically, product managers, they're brilliant people, but they don't have the background to know how to how to market and drive a product. They know how to create a product. Yeah. But they're told that that's what they're supposed to do, and so they stand up and they do it. As a product marketer, I spend more time, a majority of my time, shuffling through things that are not important. Because the person who's been told that I'm there to do things for them usually for him, um, just shove in, instead of it being a partnership. An, I've instead had, of it being a partnership. I've had the experiences I've had with my product managers have all been, I think, different because once they find out I'm technical, it's a whole different story. And we can talk at a different level. And then I'll say, no, it's dumb. I <laughs> just tell them it's dumb. But I get a little, I think I probably have a much more of a past, but like I can think of off, offhand three or four product managers that I've worked with that we have become like brother and sister and I've helped them understand the marketing function and I shield them from that and help them get what they need. They shield me from the engineers, even though I'll be whispering in their ears, like that's not going to work because of this. That's not, that's not technical. This is like, so um, I've had really good success and it might just be because of my technical three or side. Three four. Okay. So I've been in product marketing my whole career. Yes. Yeah, so. so if if, if, if I was like to all tell you that. There's only one or two I didn't like. <laughs> that three or four product managers, because I, I have. I've had good relationships. Mm-hmm. There are some product managers who who either sit at the table and say, I have no idea about all of this stuff. And then there are some who do understand it. Mm-hmm. They understand marketing like I understand tech. So they understand enough to know where their limits are, mm-hmm. um, but they know what I'm talking about. 
And so I've had three or four, but the vast majority, but I also blame that on, on the system. But I want to come back to the road to Woosville. Yeah. Is, is that I feel like we have, as marketers, accepted it because we believe there's nothing, this is the way the system is and there's nothing that we can do. And, and that is, that is, that's what bothers me the most is that we've, we're playing into a system that most of the marketers I know, all we do is commiserate. Yeah. I don't sit down at a table with a bunch of marketers and say, oh, we did a great job on this. Oh, we did a great job on this. Oh, we're so excited about this. It's always, you know, a day late, a dollar short. The message was wrong. And externally, we tell everybody it's great, right? Oh, this was the best thing we've done since sliced bread. This is the, um, but behind the scenes, we're all sitting there realizing that we didn't even get a quarter of what we were capable of done. And, um, and I, I get frustrated because I feel that we allow that to happen, which is if you listen to the intro, Gene and I talked about the fact that, you know, we say what we think and we, you know, and, 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 and there are consequences to that. Yes, there are. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and they're not necessarily negative consequences. There are just consequences. Our, our careers have been outside of the norm because of that. I don't know that as individuals we can change the system. But collectively, I believe that we can. And I think us us being entrepreneurs and starting our own businesses is kind of a first step to saying, hey, the way that things are being done right now, don't re- they didn't, doesn't really work. So so we're, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. And I know so many people that have had um, that have had great positions in tech companies that have done the exact same thing we're doing. And I think we there's so much room in the product marketing sphere that um, we all have a role to play and have a way to get things done. But if there's, if we know that many people, I, th- I think, you know, people too, that have done the same that have said like, I'm just going to offer my services because it's, it's too hard to push the the ball forward as a profession, as a, as a, um, as a skill, just being, you know, just just doing the least, and that takes all your time, and it's so exhausting from a political standpoint. So if all of us are doing the same thing, yeah, something's really broken. I expect, you know, this is kind of off topic a little bit, but we've talked about ChatGPT so much today in other sessions. Um, I, I expect there to be a lot of people thinking they can use ChatGPT Chat oh to produce marketing. And it's not going to work. So I also expect in a year or so, there'll be a lot of extra work for <laughs> entrepreneurs like us to clean it up. But, but it's, it's not the, it's, 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 it's not the fact of getting content out. It's getting co- the right content out and, and, and melding that to your product and having the right messaging. Messaging is, is the key. And it's, it's, it's incredible to me how, Many people think that, oh, I can write this and I can do that, but they cannot stay on message or they don't understand how to craft a message, add a persona, where to put it and place it so people come back with, you know, the right intent and the right questions about your product. I I have found that messaging is, in my opinion, the single most difficult yeah. discipline to 
one, get right in the first place, uh, and two, protect from all of the internal forces who think they know how to do messaging. It is political as, as it can be. And messaging should not be, the one thing that should not be political is messaging. It is. And it is. And to the detriment of many, many product launches. Oh, I agree with that totally. <laughs> and completely. So this road to Wistful, in my mind, I'm imagining like a yellow brick road. <laughs> yes. You know, dancing down. So like we're all dancing down. So like, so like um, this has been a really depressing one. You said this was going to be exciting. <laughs> because I do. So, so okay, the road, the road to Wussville. And I think we've talked about why I think we've become wusses. Um, so now for the exciting part is how do we change this? So we talked, I talked earlier about feeling like we can't change the system. But I do feel that we need to embolden marketers to understand that they're in a broken system and to know when to give their all and when to just fall in line. I made the choice that multiple times, right? So I've, I've, I've gone back to tech and left like three or four times. <laughs> so I made the choice multiple times that subpar wasn't sufficient for me. I would either take the opportunity to leave or I would leave myself. But there are people who are okay with subpar because there's something else in their life that's important. They have and kids. So, they want so to the go job, to games. Yeah, right. They, the job yeah. is just a job. And I, I would love for marketers to be able to walk in understanding that this is just a job. Yes. That's the product. He wants it to be read. And he wants me to say this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to go home to my kids. But in the background, I'm building that thing that great product that's just stirring because I think all really true marketers are entrepreneurs at heart. Yeah. Because marketing is product place price promotion. We think about all seven. I would argue that the three additional ones, which are people process and I forget the, 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 um, you know, I don't pay attention to any of that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's people process and physical evidence, which physical evidence is like experience, like customer experience. Okay. I would I would argue that they're all part of product if you're doing product properly. I agree. So I'm not against them. I'm not against the other three. I just think that they're all part of product. I just think we weren't doing product properly and there was a space for them to expand. I would feel that anyone who has dedicated their education and their career to those, to, to that thing, is, is, is going to be an entrepreneur at heart, is, is going to see opportunities for products, is going to see opportunities for services, is going to want to see them come to life right. in, in the marketplace. Um, so what I'm saying is I believe the way we change this is we begin to see these product marketing roles we have at these companies, mo many companies, not all. Mm -hmm. I do know some product marketers who have a lot of influence in their organization. I don't, I know a lot of product marketers. <laughs> I don't know many who have influence. Yeah. That is the minority. So um, from my little seat that I'm sitting in, most product marketers are in a similar boat that I'm in. And so I feel like the way that we're going to change it is to understand that that's the corporate boat. And then we have our personal boat over here and getting back to chat GPT and AI, I believe Web3 
is the evolution that's going to allow us to do some of these things. I think it's real important. I agree with everything you said. And I also think it's real important, you know, as the auntie, to to understand the products you have. Because I think they you do get told, In a job or personally? I think in a job. Okay. I, I do think in a job. I think it's really important. I think it's important. You know, I was in a very different situation because I was technical. I was able to figure out how to ask the right questions. If you don't know how to ask the right questions, go find someone you can ask. You can you can email us. Maybe we can <laughs> dive into your product for you and, and find an expert to talk about it as well. The more you know, the more you can start connecting to other people. This is what I have found. You can have the right vocabulary to connect to others in the organization that may see the same thing you see, that may see that we could do this better. And that's a, a nice little underground way to satisfy your curiosity. And sometimes you can bring some of the stuff in, into the work that you have and you can incorporate it and it makes things better a little bit. That's what helped me survive the times I had to do things was I would connect throughout the entire organization. I'd find people in engineering that were good. I'd find people in another organization that were interested in the same thing, but weren't able to do too much with it. Find your peers in and about and just just know more about what you're doing and so then you leave it create at home. a subculture. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I do. But yes, <laughs> create a subculture. But even 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 that though was more of a survival mechanism because you came out. It was oh, it, yeah, it was it, a, it still takes a lot of extra energy. It doesn't fix the problem. No. It allows you to succeed and excel within within the chaos. Exactly. And it does take a lot of extra energy. Um, but I will say it that uh, using the extra energy to make those connections and to learn things, and this is for me, but I think it might help somebody else, um, did help me survive, but it also built new core competencies within me. Yes. It helped me understand how to connect with the people. Because um, I'm a big... I'm a big proponent of community. Community can be internal and external. If you see things going off the rails and you're still be told to just do it, do your job, yeah, do your job so you can go home and do your thing. But if it's that bad at work, don't try not to spend all the energy just being like, this sucks. <laughs> spend some of the energy finding the other people that think it sucks. And then you can learn it from a different angle. You can know more about the product. You know more about the business. That's what enabled me to to say, okay, I'm bouncing out. I'm done. Because <laughs> I, I knew I had um, the experience and the know-how to do things on my own and take it off. This is a two-part discussion. <laughs> Definitely. Because I don't want to end on the the problem, <laughs> yeah. right? So so this discussion was the problem. So Road to Wussville 2 um, is how do we how do we get out of out of Wussville? We need some water to pour on the wicked witch. And I want to le- I want to end this podcast by highlighting the solution that Gina just gave speaks to the journey. And I think at least when we came up, it was you get a job and that was the end of the journey. Mm. That's not the case. Not anymore. This is a journey and that journey starts possibly at corporate doing some things and there are ways to survive in corporate and then depending on who you are, right? It's it's individualized, but it moves into something else. And so in the next episode, we want to talk a lot about 
how we came out of that and overcame and and moved to the next stage of our journey so that if you're at that turning point in your journey, it may help you to hear from from others. Ooh, that's going to be fun. That's I told you it's a fun, right. it's a fun to- one. It's going to be fun. All right. I'm taking my, you're going to keep your promise. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet.